0: into what I believe to be episode sixteen of Sunday Matinee. We're coming to you live from our separate homes. Um, good to be back after the Thanksgiving season. Mason, have you recovered from Thanksgiving? Did you go? Like, did you go in on Thanksgiving? Did you guys go up to Chicago at all or to Illinois? Yep.
1: Yep. So we went to Illinois on Wednesday and spent Thanksgiving Day there as well. Came back to memphis and then drove to jackson uh to spend the weekend there with my family so it was all good man in in terms of recovery i don't know about you i i could honestly eat the same thing every day for every meal and so i'm actually still eating thanksgiving leftovers um so i guess i'm still in the process of recovering because i'm still harming myself with that kind of comfort food
0: Yeah, I'm not a big leftover guy. Um
1: Like is there anything you'll eat that's leftovers outside of pizza?
0: Well I can't eat pizza. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Um I mean honestly not really. I either I finish it when I get it or I don't. Like it's it's I'm not I'm not a quitter. Mama didn't raise a quitter, so like I just (laughs) I don't have leftovers very often. Um, Well, like, do you and Ashley ever cook something, and you're like, oh,
1: we cooked a ton of this. I'll have uh, this for lunch tomorrow.
0: Yeah, there's an occasion. We do meal subscription services, and it's only ever enough to, like, make the portions that it has. Yeah. Um, So, like, we order for two people, and it's, like, enough for two people. Like, very rarely. uh, The only occasion, like, where I'll make something is, like, every... Couple of weeks, like I'll just grill a bunch of chicken tenders, and like we have chicken tenders, and like because when we first got married, like it was just chicken tenders and mac and cheese a lot. So like every couple of weeks, like every ten days or so, I'll make a bunch of chicken tenders, and we'll have macaroni and cheese. So like in those instances, we might have a few tenders left over, in which I'll eat them the next day for lunch. But other than that, I'm just not—I'm not a leftovers guy. There's just something about. How does
1: Ashley feel about that? I feel like people get offended sometimes she, when others she, don't like but leftovers. Like,
0: she gets pizza probably every other week just because I don't eat it. So like there's some nights she's like, I really want pizza. So she'll order a pizza and she gets a large and she'll eat like three or four pieces that night. But then she packs away the rest to feed her for lunch, like three days in advance. So like, she's fine with leftover pizza, but I don't know how much I've seen her eat leftovers of much of anything else.
1: Yeah. Pizza is
0: oddly, I
1: mean, it's like just as good. Um, If you know how to reheat it correctly, which that's, that's for another podcast, but there's a very fine line. Yep. Very, very fine line. What about you guys for Thanksgiving? How was everything?
0: Uh, It was good. I mean, we just, luckily our family are both here in the Nashville area. So we, um, we were able to just kind of hang out here, um, uh, spent time with her family on Thursday on Thanksgiving day. And then we had a lunch after church this past Sunday with my folks. So Um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, but, um, yeah, it it was, it was good. I, 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 have a potentially hot take. Oh, no, I, I don't get that excited about Thanksgiving food. Uh, reason being is like where you and I grew up in the South, people that listen to this, like, you know, Lib Libby's family, or maybe just Libby as well might understand, but like, I feel like, especially in my family almost every family gathering we had, whether it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas or so like I'm the oldest of 15 grandchildren. So there's there's and we have at least one or two birthdays across every month. And so we just do a monthly gathering with my mother's family for for the birthdays for that month. Like eight of the 10 dishes that are served at Thanksgiving are at every single family gathering I have, whether it's like you know, dinner rolls, some kind of smoked poultry, um, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, some kind of potato casserole, you know? So like, I don't, Thanksgiving meal is just kind of just another family gathering. Um, obviously it has a diff, it has a different, um, atmosphere and aura, I suppose you could say, but like, I'm going to eat almost identically the same meal in five weeks around Christmas. Um, I don't know if that's just a Southern thing, but like nearly every family gathering. So like when people get so excited about eating themselves into a coma at Thanksgiving, I'm just like, I mean, it's just kind of a normal gathering for us. <laughs> okay. So,
1: um, I think I get excited about the fact that everybody's getting excited about it. Like in, in that way I can kind of get swept up in the hype, but that being said, I feel like I'm. I won't say let down by the food because it is good, but I I agree with what you're saying in that Southern gourmet, I routinely eat things that have lots of butter and fat in them. Yeah, So it just, it, when I say it hits different, it it actually doesn't hit different. Um, Whereas like other places, you know, they don't eat the same way that we do. And as a result, that kind of food is, you know, kind of more of a, a specialty, a treat type thing. I will say there are a couple things that I don't routinely eat that I eat on Thanksgiving that are just bomb. Uh, Primarily being sweet potato casserole and dressing. I love those things.
0: Not a big sweet potato guy, but uh, I that's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are things I I get pumped about. Sweet potato casserole and uh, dressing, but outside of that, I agree. I eat the rest of the foods pretty commonly except for Turkey because Turkey really, I know this isn't even a hot take because a lot of people hold this belief. It's, it's not that good.
0: What, what is Turkey? Turkey. Yeah. Turkey is easily the worst poultry there is. So what are our options? We have chicken, chicken, Turkey, Turkey. I would say, I mean, then past chicken and Turkey, you get into like duck and like uh, dove, dove meat. meat yeah quail and dove meat and like dove is like super tender duck has this like really nice flavor and then quail is just like it. quail is essentially just like chicken but smaller
1: and more um, expensive yeah
0: yeah and more expensive I mean yeah if I were to just rank poultry off the top of my head because I don't think about <laughs> it often uh if I were to rank the, the flightless birds <laughs> turkey's not a turkey turkey's okay i was i will tell you i was excited at the at the at the gathering for my mom's family which was sunday which was after you know a couple days after thanksgiving my uncle like has a big smoker and he does a lot of that stuff so he smokes you know just whole turkeys and i i did manage to get like an entire leg uh and just That's pretty good. straight off the bone which is like a i love doing that i felt like i was at a county fair disney um, world man yeah, don't man. they
1: have like the big legs
0: yeah, they really do. But those there's no way those are turkey legs at Disney World. They're so big. They're either genetically modified or it's literally <laughs> like or it's literally like the ostriches that die at Animal Kingdom. Because there's no the turkey <laughs> legs at Disney World have no business being as large as they are. Um That's the real so there are all these
1: like conspiracies surrounding Disney being a crooked organization. But really the conspiracy is the genetically modified turkeys.
0: That source
1: those gigantic turkey
0: legs. Exactly. Yeah. Where are they coming from, Disney? We want to know.
1: So, I I feel like listeners years from now will ask one another, "Where were you when Sunday matinee broke down the poultry power rankings?" Yeah,
0: that's just good radio. It is. It is good radio. Um, did you did you get my Snapchat like a couple hours ago? Yes. Yes. Uh, so I had a I had a thing happen, folks. So, like, I lost a ton of weight in the last couple of years, something, something around 80 pounds. I've put on some of it um, back. But, you know, like, Mason, as w- we've said it many times, we're recovering fat people. You, you really don't know, like, when you're a bit heavier, like, you don't know how pants are supposed to fit you just in general. Um, but then, like, you find a pair of pants that, like, or you buy a pair of pants that are, like, actually supposed to f- fit you the way that they're supposed to. Um, and as I lost weight, I was like, okay, I'm going to get me a pair of jeans that like actually fit me the way they're supposed to. And it doesn't look like I'm wearing, you know, a smock, you know, right, they're just, right. like hanging <laughs> off of my legs. So I got a pair of like, not skinny jeans, but like fitted, like Straight. slim, fit, yeah, yeah. slim yeah. fit jeans. Um, and like I said, I've put on like 10 or 15 pounds in the last like year or something like that, uh, which I'm currently losing it. So I, it, it's, I'm almost back down to where it's leveled out. Uh, which is good, but I I got a little exuberant getting out of the car the other day, and uh, tore those those jeans. Um, but one man's jeans, one man's pair of ripped jeans, it can be the same man's pair of shorts. Uh, so I actually got home today and cut off the pant legs, uh, much to Ashley's chagrin. And I'm these are my these are my house shorts now. I'm just going to wear them around the house okay so
1: i saw said jorts on your snapchat
0: yeah did you cut them with like kitchen scissors a bowie like knife like poultry? scissors. <laughs> it looked rough yeah it's not even uh but you know what it's it's totally fine i might trim up the edges later it looks like the early cartoons like were hulk bust out of yes. his trance. yes yes it's just kind of jagged. Um, maybe I'll clean it up later, but maybe I won't. Uh, these are after all just my house Jorts. They're not my going out jorts. I have to get another I, I prefer them the way they are currently. You there we there. need we need to get the social media
1: team to throw up a a pick
0: Yeah. On, I look like on the socials. I look like Lou Ferrigno in the, the original Hulk series. His Jorts, they just had like a limited amount of money to spend on jorts. That's what happened. It looks like It looks like I intentionally tried to cut like a wave pattern into the bottom of these jars. Yes, it does. (laughs) But anyway, um, so I, we're coming up on Christmas season. We are next episode going to do a draft of our favorite Christmas movies, uh, because the next episode that comes out will be on December 20th, the Sunday before Christmas. So we wanted to make sure that we had an episode about Christmas movies. However, in the same way that we did with Halloween time and spooky season, we wanted to kind of tie it into the holiday season. Um, so the idea that I pitched for this episode, and it is kind of ambiguous, and um, it's like it's kind of like the cloud internet. Like, where is it? Where do my things go? Uh, what even is it? How do I buy it? Uh, so, you know, questions Matt Herod would ask about PlayStation 5. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so the, the the pitch I had was, let's say you were a a movie production studio and you wanted to make a movie just from scratch. You know, you wanted to do something new that has not been done because in the past 10 years, we've had about 27 superhero movies. We've had at least 11 movies about space. We've had several movies, um, you know, uh, you know, coming of age stories. We've had all these, we have, there's, We've, we've dwindled down our, our, our cinema experience to about six genres. Right. Um, so if you were a, a production studio and you had the option to make a movie, what would the genre be under? What genre would that be under? What is the general outline of the plot? You don't have to go into the full story. Just, you know, if you had a Christmas wish list, here's the things that I would want in a movie. What would you do? How would you cast it? And who would direct it? So that was the idea I pitched to Mason. We have not talked about what our ideas are. Um, so this could be either very great or, or very bad. Um, and there's not really an in-between. Um, but I'm holding out hope that uh, Mason got the general gist where I was going. So, So I got the general gist. One thing I'll say is that for
1: whatever reason... I thought you were saying a, a wish list of things in a Christmas movie. So I, I've written a fictional Christmas movie. Are you serious? Dead serious. No. Oh, well, this is going to be great, though. Because mine's going to be super sappy. Oh, I so, love that. Anyways, love that. it'll gonna be the spirit nonetheless.
0: This is actually great because this is not a competition. I want to make this clear. This is not a competition because I will just, I will inadvertently lose um (laughs) if we put it to twitter um basically mason mason's idea is that he's making silence of the lambs just as a christmas film (laughs) um starring sir anthony hopkins he got basically every actor from great britain that's been knighted and that's going to be his christmas movie um he's going to have dame judy dench sir uh sir anthony hopkins sir michael Caine's in it uh, no, so this is actually great. I'm I'm really thrilled that you're doing a Christmas movie because mine is going to be so out of left field, in complete contrast of what yours is going to be that it's going to make this episode great. Okay,
1: so do you want to begin with yours
0: or the Christmas movie? No, I want I want you to lead off. I want you to lead Gosh. off. <laughs> this is going to be so great. Um, Okay, so why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll hear about the newest Hallmark movie that Mason has coming to local uh, couches near you. Deal. Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back into this episode of Sunday Matinee. So as we talked about before the break, our plan is to sit and maybe dream up an idea for a movie that we would love to go see. A movie that we would flock to theaters because we're not able to do that right now but something that maybe isn't too trodden upon. Um, unfortunately, I didn't over-communicate well enough with Mason, so I dreamed up an absolute lunatic idea of a movie, and <laughs> Mason thought we were going to do Christmas movies, so he has a Christmas movie. But this is good because a lot of people, I guarantee you, are not going to want to see my movie, so your Christmas movie can be for those people. So I want you to tell me, in any order you want, give me the maybe the plot first or the general idea of the movie, then the cast and the direction and all that kind of stuff. I'll just let you run with it. Yep. So I'm going to start
1: with the actors just to give you some visualization to it. Then I'll run through plot, and then I'll give you the director at the end because I think that's going to be the bow on top. So two primary actors are Jason Siegel and Jason Bateman. Okay. You know who these people are, yep. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Jason Segel, for those of you who don't know, uh, Marshall and How I Met Your Mother, also in um, what's that movie with Mila Kunis, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Yep, Um, big, goofy, kind of funny guy. Okay. The story takes place in an up and coming city where we follow the story of Zach. Zach is a a male in a super honorable line of work. So something like a, a teacher or a social worker. Though Zach's work helps others, the individual himself is pretty rotten. All of his energy goes toward pouring into others, and so he's pretty spent outside of work. He quietly resents everyone, bitter in his belief that he deserves better. Besides, his wife just came home from work, they have a newborn, and they're struggling to make ends meet. Um, They don't even have the money to, to afford rent, really. So Zach has been finding different things to sell each month just to keep the landlord off their backs. How do we feel so far?
0: I'm in. I'm so in.
1: Okay, okay. Chief among the people he resents is Walt, the successful businessman. So if you can guess, Jason Bateman is Zach, this kind of like bitter, uh, does a very selfless job, but feels like he kind of has the short end of the stick with everything else in life. And then Jason Siegel is Walt, who is this kind of like bumbling, goofy, but uber successful, kind of fell backwards into the right career and makes a ton of money. While Zach is selling his golf clubs to pay rent, it seems all Walt does is golf with his clients. So the two of them were driving around with their wives looking at Christmas lights one night, one night when Walt mentions he's close to hitting his bonus numbers for the year. Through gritted teeth, Zach asks what the payout is. Walt explains if he can hit his numbers just right in December, he's in line for a $10,000 bonus just in time for the holidays. Zach is just absolutely flustered when this happens. He, He can't believe someone with a job so seemingly easy could make that much money when he is working so hard at work and feels he's not equally compensated. So, he later tells Walt he isn't feeling well just to get out of the car and then he and his wife at home. The story alternates storylines. So, this is this is kind of like where your classic Christmas um, what is the name of that? Like, um, like in Rocky? Is it Entourage? Not Entourage. What is, what is that word? What do you mean? Montage. 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 So, we get like some alternating storylines here. So Walt is having a ton of fun with Christmas stuff and romance with his wife and everything's good. Zach on the other hand is staying up all night. He has this newborn that's waking him up constantly. He's stressed with his wife about his finances. Job isn't going well, all this stuff. Now it's Christmas morning. Walt unsurprisingly is, is just having the dreamiest Christmas morning with his wife. Zach, on the other hand, is ashamed because he couldn't afford a Christmas present for his wife this year. Zach gets a text from Walt asking him to bring everyone over. Zach protests. He doesn't want to go. He can't handle Walt just wagging, you know, all these presents and gadgets in his face. Not today. Zach's wife protests and they end up going. To their surprise, there aren't any presents to be seen at Walt's. They share a nice Christmas brunch with one another, and uh, once the meal is over, Zach looks for an excuse to go home. But Walt doesn't let him out so easily this time. He brings a present and sits in his lap. Now, this actually makes Zach furious because you know there's the whole thing res- with reciprocation. Zach knows he. He couldn't afford to buy Walt a present if he wanted to. Um, Makes him look like a bad friend, bad husband. So Zach opens the present and finds a signed lease. What is this? And Walt simply replies, I got the bonus. I paid your rent for the year. I know it's been hard on you guys. I know that your wife has had to come back from work. You're not sleeping a lot. And I figured you guys could use the help. And then, of course, you know, there's the the loose ends that are tied up at the end where we have, um, you know, the real meaning of Christmas and Zach changes his tune and, and all that good stuff. But that's the general plot line. And the reason I wanted to get at that, Jordan, one of my most hated movie tropes, especially Christmas movie tropes, is this idea that the businessman is on the naughty list every oh, time.
0: Always. So let's let's run down a list real quick. Business business off the top of the dome, businessmen on the naughty list. Ebenezer Scrooge. Buddy the Elf's dad. Walter Hobbs. Um uh, Clark Griswold's boss. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some more. There's there's always more.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's the plot line for like every Christmas movie. Yeah, is how awful the guy that works in business is. And so, really, that's even where I started. Any of this, I was like, I want a story where the dude that's like doing well doesn't suck. You know what I'm saying? I like that.
0: That is new. yeah, yeah.
1: And even though it is a ridiculously sappy, cheesy, Hallmarky type film, I was I was happy that that the the business guy was the good guy, and even the reversal of Zach, who's like kind of a turd the whole way is, like, actually in a career field that... Like, the teacher's always the good guy, right? The artist, the musician, the... Right. Those guys are always the good guys. I just kind of like the reversal there. And then I like that this is, like, one of the few movies involving, like, 20, early 30-somethings that's not, like, a rom-com. I feel like a lot of Christmas movies in that age range, there are, like... It's, you know, it's about two people falling in love. So anyways, the director I have here, um, Cameron Crow. Okay. Do you know who that is?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Okay. So Cameron Crow is mostly known for his work, like in the late 80s, mid 90s. Say Anything is a rom-com he directed. Terrific um watched it over quarantine actually John Cusack is the lead and then his biggest movie probably is Jerry Maguire uh the movie about the sports agent Tom Cruise show me the money show me the money Jerry and then Almost Famous is awesome um but I was also thinking about like his more recent stuff has had such a big heart like We Bought a Zoo uh Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson. I just, I feel like he makes really, even Jerry Maguire, even though it's funny, is so sincere at times and earnest, like about the goodness of people. So um, anyways, Cameron Crowe to direct a good old fashioned, feel good movie about people.
0: I'm very, I'm so down with that. So did you say who was cast as like, the 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 ladies in this, or was it just sequel and Bateman, the Jason and Jason? So,
1: I, I did you think a little it? bit about it? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't have like the time and emotional investment to like flesh out multiple characters outside of those two. Um, if I were to do wives, I think even like it would even add to it if Siegel's wife was like unbelievably attractive. And then Bateman's wife, like, I'm not saying she has to, like, be undesirable, but, you know, it would just be another thing where he's like, of course, you know, he has the perfect wife, perfect job, right. perfect everything. So maybe like a, um, I don't know. Does anybody come to mind for you? For for whose wife? Either.
0: Uh, all I can think of is, like, you remember in the the movie The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and... Yes, how Will Ferrell's wife is Ava Mendez. Yes. Uh, that's all I could think of. Um, which makes Gata. Sense. Um, who typically plays wives? Hmm. And then I was thinking um,
1: Jason Bateman's wife would be someone who's like extremely sweet and supportive and like trying
0: to get him out of the funk type thing. Yeah, that makes me think of, like, Bryce Dallas Howard. She's yeah, perfect. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Bryce Dallas Howard is great. Um, for, I guess, for Siegel's Wife, you said somebody that's, like, ridiculously. Oh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, man. I can't think of anything. I feel like the. Okay,
1: I got it. So the recent casting for, like, any attractive woman. In a movie, I feel like is Ana de Armas.
0: I was literally going to say Ana de Armas. No way. So yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Ben. Are are her and Ben Affleck still dating? Yes.
0: Yeah. So she was in Knives Out. She's also been in. What else has she been in?
1: She's in. Uh, she's in No Time to Die whenever it comes out.
0: Yeah, Blade her, Runner her 2049. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, she's in. Yes, Ben Affleck. uh, She and Ben Affleck were pictured walking their dog 11 hours ago. So, yes, they're still together. Um, I was literally going to say Ana de Armas, which is crazy. Uh, That that keeps all the ages within, like, a reasonable range. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty – I think she's younger than Siegel and Bateman, but that's – yeah. Yeah, Bateman is definitely,
1: like, 10 years older than the rest of them, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Okay, so – what, did you did you tell did you say a name for the movie or did you even think of one? So I was
1: thinking that's something we could we could try to knock out on okay. the pod. Okay. Mm. Christmas movie titles are hard.
0: The Christmas bonus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm kind of in for that. <laughs>
0: the Christmas bonus because it's like it's it's on the nose because it's literally about a Christmas bonus, but also. Christmas is great in and of itself, but it's a bonus that you get to learn more about your friends.
1: There you go. There the Christmas is. bonus. The Christmas I, bonus. I love it.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Anything else you want to say about yours before we get to my crazy one?
1: Um, Not really. I, something I'll say, I don't know if you had this experience. It is hard to just make something out of nothing.
0: It is, which is why I I, was like, which is why I cheated a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean I basically just had the one thought of like, you know, I, I want the dude that makes a lot of money to like be nice and servant hearted. But
0: It doesn't happen often.
1: Yeah, I was like, how do I give flesh and bones to this? And it, it was kind of hard, frustrating. Yeah.
0: Okay. The Christmas bonus coming to the Hallmark channel. This Yeah, that's definitely a direct to cable. Because, because Lord knows Lord knows Hallmark will fund anything. It seems. As far as Christmas <laughs> movies go. I You could probably pitch this and they'd be like, you know what? Why don't you give us your business email? So we're going to reach out to the Hallmark Channel. You know what? I'm going to reach out to the Hallmark Channel. With, Please do. With the idea of this movie and see if I get a response. That's exactly what we're going to do. And we'll update in the next episode to see if we even got a response. Okay, so...
1: um Oh, man, I completely forgot what I was going to say. That happens. Wow. Okay. Yes, let's reach out to the Hallmark channel. Oh, doing... what what I was going to say, you saying Hallmark would fund anything. Have you ever seen that college humor video where it was, like, showing Nicolas Cage being pitched movies?
0: No. No, I haven't. Okay.
1: It... <clears throat> It's basically just making fun of how he takes everything. Everything,
0: everything, yeah.
1: Yes. And so uh yeah, I'll I'll text you the link later. Okay, it is go. oh my gosh. Hilarious.
0: Okay, so I'm going to <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this. If you're okay, I'd like to move on to my mine.
1: Yeah, let's take it away. All do right. you
0: think we need to take a break first? <laughs> let's or take, or take a quick roll? break. I'm gonna need a swig of water before this. Okay. Alright, we'll be right. We'll be right back. Deuces mason yes have you sir. ever heard of the 2003 film the league of extraordinary gentlemen <laughs> i sure have seen it
1: multiple times
0: okay i'm gonna read the plot for that movie very briefly in 1899 a terrorist group led by the phantom breaks into the bank of england steals leonardo da vinci's blueprints of venice's foundations and kidnaps several german scientists the British Empire sends Sanderson Reed to the colony of Kenya to recruit adventurer and hunter Alan Quatermain who had retired following the death of his son. Quatermain at first refuses until a group of assassins is sent to kill him resulting in the death of his longtime friend. In London, Quatermain meets M who explains that the Phantom starts plans to start a world war by bombing a secret meeting of world leaders in Venice, Italy. To prevent this, M is forming the latest generation of a supergroup called the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This league consists of Alan Quatermain, Captain Nemo, vampire chemist Mina Harker, and invisible thief Rodney Skinner. The league also travels to London Docklands to recruit Dorian Gray. They also contact the U.S. Secret Service to pull in agent Tom Sawyer. They then capture Edward Hyde in Paris, who transforms back to his alter ego, Dr. Henry Jekyll. This is a film. Basically, if the Avengers happened with Victorian era literary characters. Okay? (laughs) That's so true. Seriously. So, this is exactly what happened. This is what the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was originally a um graphic novel and comic book series and it was transformed into a movie um the original movie was in 2003 it starred sean connery as as the main character alan quatermain um this was actually i don't know if you know this was sean connery's last ever movie that he filmed Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, before he retired in 2006, and then he just passed away, of course, earlier this year. So this is Sean Connery's last movie. It stars a bunch of other people, none of which are very famous. Sean Connery is certainly the most famous. um, But it draws on the works of Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, Bram Stoker, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, H. Ryder Haggard, Ian Fleming, Herman Melville, Oscar Wilde, Robert Louis Stevenson, Edgar Allan Poe, and Mark Twain, and many more. So my idea for a film, because listen, if the best actor you had in your film in 2003 was a geriatric Sean Connery, I feel like it can and should be done again with better and more diverse talent. So my idea is to reboot (laughs) The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Everyone's begging for it. Feel, yeah, there's literally tens of people asking for it. <laughs> Call it the League of More Extraordinary Gentlemen, if you want. We're going to be using, I'm going to be casting cotton, more famous actors today, but in the same characters. I'm, I'm not, I'm going to add a couple here and there. But for the most part, I'm using the original framework. Um, to set up the League of More Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay? So, let's start off with uh, the guy who brings the team together. Let's say he's, he's our Nick Fury, if you will. Okay. His, his name is M in the original movie. That's what he's called. M originally eventually in the first, in the 2003 film, turns out to be James Moriarty, who many know is the villain of Sherlock Holmes in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle films. M is played by, who knows, in 2003 film. However, the guy that's going to bring the team together in the League of More Extraordinary Gentlemen is none other than Sir Michael Caine. Okay. Sir Michael Kane will be the guy that gets the band together because you know why the band needs to be brought together, Mason? Why's that? Because Dr. Victor Frankenstein, played by none other than Christian Bale, has found a way to exhume the bodies of former world leaders evil world leaders and has implanted their brains in susceptible hosts and is planning to take over the world with their combined powers okay yeah. I, i'm actually in this sounds That's cool nice. sounds bad the 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 resurrected world leaders are as follows <laughs> adolf hitler sure played by michael Fossbender. okay joseph stalin oh no no we'll go with Fidel Castro, played by Javier Bardem. I love that. Okay. And Joseph Stalin, played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Can the can the fourth one be like Bill Belichick or something? <laughs> Bill Belichick in a hoodie? <laughs> just played by the guy that played Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> um, like
1: these three world leaders and then just kind of an unpleasant person.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Dr. Frankenstein has found out a way to exhume the bodies of former uh, evil world leaders and has placed their brains, which, of course, due to Frankenstein science, work completely fine in their host bodies. So the bad guys we have stacked up are Dr. Victor Frankenstein, played by Christian Bale. Uh, Fidel Castro, who he's uh, exhumed, is played by Javier Bardem. Uh, Hitler is played by Michael Fassbender and joseph stalin because i don't know if you've seen borat him as borat is not that far off from joseph stalin so um sasha baron cohen i have playing joseph stalin sasha baron cohen's actually a really good dramatic actor he just he is. Plays a, he plays a goofball so much um but so sasha baron cohen plays stalin michael fassbender plays hitler javier bardem plays castro christian bale is dr frankenstein so those are our bad guys they have they have a plot to combine their superhuman frankenstein given strength and and persuasion to take over a fledgling universe um by the inner workings and it's one of those situations now where you know where dr frankenstein does his thing and he's like the bad guy but then like He's kind of a pushover, so the real bad guys kind of take over him, and then he's like kind of scared of, of what he's done with his creation, right? Christian Bale could kind of be that guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Sir Michael Kane sees this on the horizon, right? And he's got to get together this team of extraordinary gentlemen and lady to to combat against uh, this, this group. Um, so M, as I said, the guy who gets the team together is Sir Michael Caine. Alan Quatermain, I'm going to read a little bit about who Alan Quatermain is. Uh, let me find it real quickly. I had it pulled up. Give me just one second. Alan Quatermain was a big game hunter and adventurer who hailed from Great Britain. Following an expedition that resulted in the death of his son, he abandoned the British Empire and returned to Kenya. Um, he, he, Alan Quatermain is a, a character from H. Ryder Haggard's 1885 novel, King Solomon's Minds. Um, He's like a hunter, uh, hunter gatherer. He's like a, you know, think of like a Teddy Roosevelt type of guy. Um, Okay. He will be played by none other than Gary Oldman. You know, kind of the savvy British guy. Yeah, yeah. Can speak well, but also can be imposing if needed to. Um, So I've got Gary Oldman leading the team. Um, Then we have Mina Harker. Mina Harker is actually the kind of secondary character in Bram Stoker's Dracula. So you have Dracula and Dracula turns Mina Harker into a vampire. Mina Harker, unfortunately I'm just again, going based off the framework of the league of extraordinary gentlemen from 2003 is our only main actress in this film. However, Mina Harker will be portrayed by none other than Gal Gadot uh, of Wonder Woman fame. Okay. Uh, Mina Harker is a vampire herself, so she's immortal. She's super fast. Everything that you'd know about Twilight, that's what Mina Harker is in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, so I figured none other than Gal Gadot to play this vampire S uh, to take on Frankenstein and his monsters. Then we have um, uh, Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, and the Nautilus. Uh, in the original movie, he was played by. Let me make sure I find it and pronounce his name correctly. Nasiruddin Shah. So he's a uh, he's an he's is an Indian man or Middle Eastern man. So to have, I want to make sure and keep the diversity in cast. So I want Dev Patel to play Captain Nemo in this film. Is that the guy from Nightcrawler and The Night of? No, that's Riz Ahmed. Okay, Dev Patel is in Lion. Right. Um, he's got the longer hair. Um Dev Patel, I think he's actually Australian, but he's of Indian descent or Middle Eastern descent. Dev Patel will be playing Captain Nemo uh, from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Then we have Holly Griffin, who's the Invisible Man, which we've talked a little bit about the Invisible Man, the, the newest movie from 2020, from yes. the, earlier this year. Uh, the original movie was back in the 30s, I think. Uh, let me just read a little bit about um, Holly Griffin and the way that he's explained... Uh, because I think it'll be it'll be beneficial. Let me see here. Uh, Rodney Skinner is completely invisible. He renders himself visible uh, when necessary by the a- application of white grease paint to his face and shaven head. Skinner is mischievous, and it takes a long time for his teammates to trust him. No one can determine exactly what his ulterior motives are, and he is almost universally suspected of being a traitor. Uh, playing playing Holly Griffin will be Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I think since you mentioned Nightcrawler, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I've always wanted to see. I like seeing him in just kind of the creepy, more shifty roles, things like Nightcrawler, things like uh, him as Mysterio and Spider-Man um, Far From Home. I've always said and will always say that I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be a great Joker if they ever decide to make more of those movies, which I'm sure they will because we continue to pay for them. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal just plays a good like, I think, just mistrusted kind of off kilter um, unbalanced kind of character. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be great as the Invisible Man. I think we've also lost sight of how charming he
1: is. Right. Um, because, you know, we see him in a lot of these freaky roles. Uh, but he, he can play that side too.
0: Um, so then next we have Dorian Gray um, from the novel The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Uh, Dorian Gray is let me find I found a little blurb he's a handsome narcissistic young man enthralled by lord henry's new hedonism so he's hedonistic he indulges in every pleasure pleasure and virtually every sin studying its effect upon him um so Dorian Gray is somebody who's on the team but like you could see him he was he's he's enjoying traveling to different locales uh he's kind of a a ladies man Uh, So Dorian Gray will be played by Ryan Gosling um, in this film. Then we have Tom Sawyer, who is, of course, from Mark Twain's, um, you know, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Uh, So I just thought, you know what? Uh, Brad Pitt's got nothing going on. And I love hearing Brad Pitt do uh, a, a Southern American accent. So Brad Pitt is going to be playing Tom Sawyer. Then last, we have Jacqu- Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, so we need somebody who's good at being unhinged and dangerous, but also like good at being controlled, but still dangerous. So I chose Tom Hardy. Um, this cast um, is unbelievable. So here's here's the lineups, right? The bad guys. We have Dr. Frankenstein, played by Christian Bale, taking on the good guys with his, uh, his cronies, but also uh, former world leaders. Fidel Castro, Javier Bardem, Adolf Hitler, Michael Fassbender, and Joseph Stalin, Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, the good guys, Sir Michael Caine gets the team of Gary Oldman as Alan Quatermain, Dev Patel as Captain Nemo, Gal Gadot as Mina Harker, Jake Gyllenhaal as ha- Holly Griffin, Ryan Gosling as to- uh, Dorian Gray, Brad Pitt as Tom Sawyer, and Tom Hardy as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, if I had to pitch all that to you and tell you that this is going to be a fun, fast-paced, crazy just a lot of action and just a lot of just ridiculous action can you guess who i chose to direct it don't say it out loud i want to see if we can guess it on three and say it at the same time can you give me a couple seconds yep off the wall lots of good dialogue crazy just action but some i'm hoping we're thinking this i'm hoping you can pick who i would pick yeah i think i think so Okay, three, two, one. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yep. Boom! Uh, Quentin Jerome Tarantino <laughs> will be directing this film. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. So Quentin Tarantino will be directing a film, uh, a reboot, if you will, of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen from 2003, starring a whole litany of people uh, as they try to the literary characters from Victorian works Uh, Try to stop Dr. Frankenstein's plot to bring back world leaders uh, to to take over the world. Um, So if you if uh, and if you want to make it, uh, you know, synonymous with uh, Masons, it takes place uh, at Christmas.
1: (laughs) The uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino is so off the wall. I could see him having a random adoration for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and being
0: for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, that I was sitting here racking my brain and was like, you know, I mentioned at the top of the episode, I was like, we've had so many movies about space. We've had so many movies about coming of age. We've had so many superhero movies. You know, what is something that is just off the wall enough, but also would get people to come and see it uh that would be different and I, and I understand that the league of extraordinary gentlemen has happened but i can guarantee you not a lot of people saw it it's got like a what's it got on rotten tomatoes it's got
1: low it gotta have a low score i remember i liked it as like a early teenager right um and then it was one of those i saw on cable cool. like 10 years later and i was like man this
0: this could have it's, been better it's got a 17 on rotten tomatoes Whew in uh, a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. But we've talked about this, I think, a little bit. It's liked by 87% of Google users. I don't know, I don't know what that indicates, but according to Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, the original 2003 film is not a great movie. So, you know, we, we've been remaking just everything, uh, you know, whether it's just the same idea of a movie over and over again, or whether we're literally remaking Disney, the same movies over and over and over again, why don't we do it? I'll I'll find, I'll concede that you want to make the same thing over again, but make it completely out of this world. Like giving Quentin Tarantino free reign on league of extraordinary gentlemen. Uh, And money is not an object and he can make it as weird as he wants. Uh, So I think you get somewhere like uh, what I just pitched.
1: If a movie like that is made ever, it will be in the next five years because with the success that movies like the Avengers had um, specifically with infinity war and Endgame, the whole like entourage cast thing is gonna, people are going to say yes um, just because
0: yeah. it, it has been so successful. Yeah. Ensemble casts are like the thing right now um, because of Avengers and, and you know, because if, I remember when they first started talking about when Iron Man came out, talk about getting to Avengers. And just the idea of having an Avengers movie back in 2008 was really absurd because it was like, how are you going to get, you know, we've only ever had a superhero movie where it was one dude at a time. How are you going to get even five superheroes on the screen and not make it a mess? And in Infinity War and Endgame, they managed to get upwards of 20, 25 and it didn't it didn't feel like a mess the narrative felt great granted they took 12 years to get there um which i was good they didn't rush anything thank god but um ensemble you know marvel is really like made it possible to do something like this and you know quentin tarantino is known for having just movies just packed with packed with really big casts like um once upon a time in Hollywood, when I first saw that cast, I was like, Okay, DiCaprio, Pitt, Kurt Russell, Margot, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, uh uh Bruce Dern, um, Dakota Fanning, uh you know, and you just kept listing people, it's like who who are all these people going to play? Um, you know, he's able to do that kind of stuff. Um, I would uh, there's literally I, I would pay an absurd amount of money to see this movie. <laughs> An absurd amount of movies. So, Much. the worst version of this movie is, like, The Expendables. Um, yes,
1: yes. The best version is, like, a witty, dark Avengers.
0: Yeah, and they've been talking about doing... What's this? Sony's been trying to build up to... Well, DC tried to do Suicide Squad. Trash. And there's there's something... I can't remember what it exactly is called. I'm going to, I want to say it's called like the Sinister Six or something like that. You're right. Yeah, I have On heard the about that. Um, and they, I feel like Sony is trying to do that because they've got like Venom and they're bringing in Carnage. And then they've also got a Morbius movie with Jared Leto. And why we still give that guy time in the sun, I'll never understand. Um, it's so bad. Uh, it's it's not that he's even bad he's just crazy like a not in the great like not in a good way um but we keep giving him screen time and he's going to be playing Morbius but i feel like they're trying to do that um but like yeah the worst version of this this could either be the expendables 1 2 or 3 you know or like the ninth installment of fast and furious or it could be you know it could be something like an Avengers, um, you know, and and then eventually, of course, what will happen is Quentin Tarantino will direct the first one and then they'll hand the second one off to, you know, Sofia Coppola and she'll screw it up. <laughs> but anyway, that's my the League of Extra, more extraordinary gentlemen uh, coming to a theater near you uh, and you can then go home after all that action and watch the Christmas bonus. The Christmas bonus is like a just a glass of warm milk before bed. It is. It'll put you. It'll put you right to sleep, but in a way that makes you feel warm inside. <laughs> you were so right. I think it actually added
1: that I did a Christmas movie
0: with it, some with what you did. <laughs> I was I was hoping that you hadn't heard of League of, uh, that you didn't know about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Of course, I was in hindsight was foolish to think that you wouldn't have known about that movie. Um, but, uh, I, but I think it was, it was good when I was like, have you heard of the lyrics of extraordinary gentlemen? You're like, and you just started laughing because you just, I feel like you could sense where I was going. Um, I, it was hard though trying to think of people to fit into, uh, into my cast slots. But, um i'm 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 thrilled it'll it'll probably never happen but like you said if it does it'll be in the next five years for sure well here's the thing you me and the listeners are going to
1: lose it if a league of extraordinary gentlemen remake is
0: announced because that will be the most random (laughs) but it's on the radar well you heard it here first folks i want if you if if it ever comes out or you know they Super Bowl comes this year and they've got a 15 second teaser showing, you know, Alan Quatermain and Dorian Gray. I expect you to, I expect you to sprint to our Instagram or to, to text us because I will, I would literally, I might explode. I, I think the
1: Christmas bonus might actually happen this year. I don't even know what Hallmark Slate looks like, but yeah, they've already made,
0: they've already made the, three of the Christmas bonus. They're different names, but <laughs> it's all the same. Hallmark, is, it is crazy how many movies, it, it's crazy how many movies they make a year and how many of the same movie they've made. It's a factory, dude. Straight factory. They pump it out. It's crazy. Um, like we said, next episode we'll be doing a snake draft of our favorite Christmas movies. Maybe we'll have a special guest. I don't know. I'm not teasing anything. I haven't asked anybody yet, but maybe we'll get somebody on. To help us with our our Christmas um our Christmas movie drafts, I'm gonna make sure and set some parameters beforehand with Mason so that he doesn't draft you know just a movie that happens to be set around Christmas time like you know I don't know I'm trying to think of one um, but you know we'll, we'll make sure we'll we'll have to uh, like like Die Hard I'm not gonna let you pick Die Hard um, that's what we'll do the next next episode as the as of the day that this comes out it'll be December sixth I believe which puts us on slate for the second episode for our, our uh, Christmas season to come out the 20th, just in time for the big holiday. Um, Mason, is there anything else you think we should discuss? That's all I got, man. Had a good time. Yeah, man, it was good. I, I think this was one of our shorter episodes, which was interesting, uh, but good, but good. We, we were able to, to, to have some fun. So be on the lookout for the Christmas bonus and the league of more extraordinary rear gentlemen uh, coming to theaters near you. Um, as always, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have any movie ideas or anything you would like to add to either of our movie, uh, ideas, please give us a text, um, and, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, thank you all as always for listening. You can find us here. If you're listening to us, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google podcasts simply by searching Sunday matinee. But if you've gotten to this point of the episode, you already knew that information. Uh, but please just share us with uh, a friend, a loved one, or if you think this uh, podcast sucks, share it with an enemy. Either way, we get listens <laughs> and clicks, and it works out the same way. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're a little more active on Instagram. We need to get more active on it, uh, but we're just trying to kind of build our listenership and things like that. We're, we're close to eclipsing 700 listens uh, on the course of this podcast. We haven't even been doing it a year, so we're really proud of that. Um, so find us on Instagram or Twitter at matinee underscore pod um you can find us give us a follow and interact with us there uh if we don't hear from you we'll be uh, I'll be on the lookout for our next episode where we will do a draft of our favorite slash the objectively best question mark christmas films mason what else you got man
1: that's all i got go watch League you extraordinary gentlemen
0: go yes 2003 on Sean. it's on it's on prime video by the way for free i checked Uh, You can go watch that on prime video hashtag, not a sponsor league of extraordinary gentlemen. Um, But as always, thank you again for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, You don't have to say anything nice. Just tell us you're there following directions. Uh, And we appreciate it. We hope you have a wonderful couple of weeks. And before the next time we see you and talk to you again, thank you so much again for listening. I've been Jordan. This has been Mason. Hope you have a great week.